coaching is still coaching. Impacting is still impacting. If you're impacting someone, you're still impacting someone. And it goes back to like we were saying, like, at what level do you want to make that impact happen? You know, and I think for a lot of us, we just go about doing, being us, being ourselves. And we don't think of like, man, the kind of impact that we make until later on or insistent make you go, whoa, I just, I'm just doing me, <laughs> you know? And that, that is a, that is a cool thing. Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast, where I'm here to share stories, lessons, and experiences in sports performance and professional development. I'm joined today by Coach Justin Wickard. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's good to be on your on your show, and I know we've talked before, so this is this is fun, man. I enjoy doing this, so I appreciate you uh, seeing me as someone worthy to be on your show. Awesome. And a little bit of background about how he and I know each other, just for some context, is you slid my DMs, I don't even know how long ago, not too long ago, you just saw a TCU on my profile and you're from Texas. And I'm just like, hey, like I'll make it connect. And then exchanged some DMs, took us a little bit to actually hop on the phone or hop on Zoom. But we chatted for, I don't know, was it two hours or so? Yeah, and, about two hours. And I've been, you know, just following you on social media and we, we just kind of go back and forth and stuff. And I've, I've enjoyed your friendship thus far, and I'm super fortunate that, that you're willing to hop on my podcast. So for those who are not familiar, could you please tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I was a former college uh, athlete, just like uh, Brendan. Brendan was obviously <laughs> way faster than I was, but I, was, I, play, uh, I ran track uh, and I was a hurdler. So graduated from Utah State in 2006. And, you know, I wanted to be a college coach. I've always wanted to coach. I had someone that sort of mentored me and, hey, what do you want to do with your life? Just like you have mentors and they help guide me. They basically said, hey, next time we talk, I need a list of 10 schools that you'd want to coach at and why. And it started there and he's like, okay, well, you got your master's degree? No. Okay, well there's a thing called a grad assistant. Didn't even know that blew my mind. I was, he's like, okay, so where do you want to go be a grad assistant and get your master's degree and basically coach for, you know, two years to a year. And that's where he used that list of 10 schools. And that started me contacting and emailing all these schools to be a GA and, um, wasn't able to find any at the time. So I spent two years as a volunteer track coach at uh, Texas Tech with uh, Coach Kitley there and his staff. And uh, that was an amazing experience. And then um, moved on finally. And this was towards the end of basically uh, year two of volunteering at Texas Tech, I uh, emailed uh, a school named Shattern State. Uh, for those that are don't know any that school, that's where Danny Woodhead or Dan Beebe went to school. <laughs> so, uh, and I was like, hey, if I can't get this, then this, this is just not meant to be. So, because they recruited me when I was in high school and they were 
an hour and a half north of where I'm from. So I'm like, if I don't get this, then I'm just not supposed to be coaching. So made the connection and I was thankful that I was able to get the, the GA spot. So I got my master's in organizational management because, you know, I thought like, Hey, to get a coaching job at the college level, you got to have your master's, you know? So got my master's, uh, they didn't land me a job right away. So I did another four years, I mean, another year volunteering at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And then finally, after the fourth year of volunteering and doing work, I got my foot in the door at Louisiana Tech. Spent three years there. And then after three years, I then, which is where our connection is, just we weren't at the same time. Then I went and coached, uh, for five years at TCU. Um, and then my last two years of coaching experience, I was at the Air Force Academy. So now I'm in the private sector. <laughs> so, and that's the all story as we'll go through. I'll, I'll share that as well. So basically been, you know, coaching for since 2006, 14 of it in college level. If you, uh, if you got, any of the extra baby blue from UNC sent it my way. I totally, I totally wouldn't hate you if you did that. But um, <laughs> sounds like such a. I might have some. Oh, ooh, plot twist! But go frogs as always. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, I love that place. So, so sounds like a super fundamental moment, like pivotal moment, when your your mentor told you, like, "Hey, where do you want to go and why?" and like. Those, those kind of questions are always so simple, but often just like we have these kind of ideas in our head, but like putting it to pen and paper and like really writing it out and thinking it out, just like creates so much clarity. So could you just, could you chat a little bit about how you met this, this person? Um, yeah. yeah. So, so the, the mentor, I'll, I'll share his name. I haven't talked to him in a long time. But I, I believe he's still doing stuff in the private sector. And he coached for a while. He started at uh, University of Texas. So he got a little bit of time to tutelage under Dan Paff. <laughs> and uh, his name was Brady Holt. And he was the grad assistant strength coach at Utah State my final years. So, I mean, guy was really smart. I really looked up to him. And he just said, hey, these are the things that, you know, send me the top 10 schools that you feel that have the best hurdle program. And so I did that. And then he sat down with me and said, now, why did you put these as your top 10? What attracts you to them? And so I had to break down each school and why. And, and then it made me forced to think like, Besides their performances for hurdling, it made me think of like, well, what kind of coach is this? Is this a coach that I would want to learn from? And if so, why? Um, and then it just put me on a path of stepping out of my comfort zone and emailing and reaching out to these these coaches of just saying, hey, look, I just graduated. I just want to learn. This is why I want to learn from you. And you know, so that helped me start getting connections, uh, getting my name out there, uh, but definitely sitting down, pencil to paper and figuring out what your why is and 
why you'd want to go tutelage under someone or why you want to go this direction and really break it down is, is huge because like all of us, we have concepts in our head, but until we put it down, it's hard for us to sit back and, and reflect and go, is this what I really want to do? Is this a good strategy? So that, that helped tremendously. And then, you know, to tie it in a little bit more, um, he's now the head strength coach uh, at uh, Minnesota Vikings. So I won't, I won't use his name. I'll respect that for him right now. Uh, but he said, hey, man, anytime you put thing down on a piece of paper, you're making it public. And are you ready to make that commitment? Because once you put it down, that means you're, you're basically writing a script that is like legally binding to yourself saying, hey, this is what I want to do. So now you better be held to it, especially if you make it public. You better now do it. So, you know, that was another thing that, that pushed me. It's like, well, uh, I said I want to coach. I wrote down the top 10. Okay, I better start start emailing these coaches and I better follow up through it. So it, it was it, at that time and even still today, like I, I'm, I'll never forget that. It was a huge help to me in my career. That that was part of uh, Brennan, Brennan's episode. The Iowa track coach had them write down their goals and how they how they were going to accomplish them, and then like sign their name. You know, yes, it's, it's putting yeah. it out there. And and I like what you said about whenever you email those college coaches, if you have that why, you're, you're not just some spam email trying to trying to hop on their success and stuff. No, it's it's like I've done my research. I know exactly, well, not exactly, but I know somewhat what I would be getting myself into and why I want to get into it, you mm -hmm. know, and that's going to go such a long, well, first you have to click on it, but uh, there's, there's someone who's a super successful uh, college strength, strength coach, makes a lot of good content. I won't say who, but my friend, my friend got advice when emailing this person to say the email title free beer, because this person just gets so many emails. So like, and they click on the ones that say free beer, you know, because, because how many emails are like, this is my name and I'm reaching out because you're really smart, you know? So, um, but yeah, super cool story. And like, it's just small stuff like that. That just sets you up for so much success because you have that clarity, mm -hmm. you know, and it's one thing to say you want to do something. And it's another thing to think about your why and actually write it down. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think the other thing is by doing that too, especially like the big thing that's helped now when I talk to those people, I'm able now to give them a vision. Also, because I've done research, I'm not coming in saying, well, hey, so what, what do you do? Like I've researched them. I know their background. So, you know, the other thing is because I'm now able to give details and specifics about that coach or that program. It, it, the person that does read it, it does make it feel good because it's like, oh, it's sort of like a pat on the back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you can never go wrong by doing that, you know? Uh, and so that just helped even more of like knowing my, the person that I'm reaching out to, not just reaching out to get it, to get a job or to get a grad assistant or build an intern, you know? And, and if you have your vision and your why, you can communicate like, yes, this is where I want to go. 
And consequently, you know why I'm here. So can me with this game plan and goal in mind, can this help you accomplish your goals? You know, I I had an, an interview for somewhere else and they just wanted someone to just basically like live on a minimum wage for like a year. And then like, you know, in two years, it'll be maybe a full-time role, but someone that just really wants to get into to this pro sport. And I was like, I mean, I have a master's, I have experience. I was given some other offers. I don't think so, you know? Yeah. And that's not to say that I was too good for that job, but their vision for their job or that job and my vision for myself was two completely different things as opposed yep. to just, oh, well, it's a it's an awesome logo and, and it's where I think I want to go because it just happens to be pro sports. Those are two yeah, completely correct. different things. So, and it's not to say like, I know what I want to get out of you. It's this is where I want to go as a professional. This is how I believe you can help me get there. And consequently, then they know what you're about. And then they can say, oh, I vibe with that or I don't. You know, so if someone doesn't yeah. vibe with your mission, like you probably shouldn't go there anyways so which unfortunately which unfortunately a lot of people don't think that way and they get into a position they there and they're like oh this is not good or it doesn't help them get to that next area of their vision they want because they're like oh well this is actually not going to help me get to my long-term goal so it's very very important that's huge that's huge so so cool little little bit little backstory before we get into it but we shall so what is the uh the coolest story you have thus far in your career i would say i would say it's an overall theme of just my career as a whole of realizing that coaching is coaching no matter what level it's at you know uh I mean, I went into it, you know, just like a lot of people do. I went into it as like, hey, I can only coach college kids. And I want to be a part of college program because it's cool. That's what I was used to. Um, But then as my coaching journey has kept moving on, and this is when I was at TCU, I started doing some camps with some kids and then you know when you're a track coach you always have camps so you can make some extra money on the side too um and I realized like man an a skip is an a skip coaching is coaching with this kid the only difference is now my verbiage and how I communicate is a little bit more challenging with a younger kid than a college kid um and it just made me realize like wow because I told myself like I will never coach at the high school level I won't do it and obviously, I was totally wrong, you know. So I think that's the coolest story of just seeing how over time my mentality has shifted of what does coaching look like? What does that entail? What what does that mean? You know, because there's, you know, many people like, oh, I'm a, I coach pro kids or I coach college. That's cool. But then the day coaching is still coaching no matter if it's in the private sector to a PE teacher, you know, at the elementary to a middle school coach, to college coach, high school coach, club coach. I mean, coaching is still coaching. So I would say to me, that's the biggest story 
for me of just it i mean even talking about it, it still blows my mind of like how i've just done a complete turn and mind shift of what i want to do when it comes to coaching do you remember like like at that camp so of course like when it when it first hit you that example with the with the a skips and stuff but like just like when you were driving home that one day do you think that that moment when you're when you're just like wow i was not wrong but i just like you coaching in a completely different light like do you remember kind of just just that feeling or yeah yeah oh yeah. yeah let's get into that yeah so it was so the the biggest reason we talked about earlier for why for me the reason i wanted to get into coaching was because i felt like it was the best vehicle to make an impact on kids on a kid's life and i felt like in the college scene you know they're trying to find out who they are what they want to do with their life they're you know more of adults so it's a little bit more challenging and so i was like yeah college is where i want to do you know and it's higher level from athletic standpoint so uh so my mission's always been to impact people's lives and so when i was working doing some stuff with some some younger kids um there was a session where literally like i had one of those moments where i was able to pull the kid off to the side and and talk to them and encourage them and uh and then a parent came back to me and said, Hey, I appreciate you doing this for my, my, my child. And, you know, they said nothing but amazing things about that situation. And when I got back in the car, I was like, wow, like I'm able just to have just even if not a bigger impact than I am in the college level. And that just, I just, I mean, I was on cloud nine when I was driving home. I was like, wow. I'm like, yeah, we had a good session with these kids. But man, by hearing that from the parent and then be able to have an opportunity to just encourage a kid outside of training, was just, it just blew me away. I'm like, this is fun. This is, this is just as much fun when I'm coaching, if I was coaching at the college level. So that was my like... I went home to my wife. No, yeah, went home to my wife and I was like, you know what? I think I might be able to do this. I really enjoy this. And then as it kept going on for about three months of doing training with the kids at the youth level for camps, uh, it started like raising the ceiling for me more. I'm like, yeah, I think I could do this. This is good. This is fun. This is good. <laughs> And, and every level is going to have its own challenges and fulfillments. I've chatted about this. I got this from uh, Dr. John Waggle. He was episode 70, I want to say. Don't quote me. But, you know, I've, I've only been at two levels, the private and the college. So I can't speak on the pro. But for, and this is just compare and contrasting just in that context mm -hmm. of challenges and fulfillments. But if people say that, that they want to make an impact, it's like, well, yeah, you can you can mentor and, and you can chat with those more adult level people, college and pros, but they're already athletic, they're adults, you know, like training is is good training, you know, but like if you want to have an impact, 
Like, just wait till you get your first thank you card from a 10 year old. I got my first one over the fall, you know? Wow. And it's like, yeah. th that's going to go so much further. And, I, and I'm not saying that it's not valuable to be in college or pro. It's just like, are you really going to have the impact that like you think you're going to have, you know? And, True. and I, I did some interviews uh, for social media uh, for where I work with some of our clients. And this one client was with us for a decade. And he was talking about how this one coach, uh, my mentor, actually, as this kid was growing up, just to support us, he got all these knee injuries when he was a, a little younger. And then when he was in high school, just uh, my mentor always like asking him like, hey, how's the college search? Are you chatting with anyone? And just like how impactful just like that was, you know, and I'm not, and like I said, I'm not saying that you can't have an impact with those older people, but it's just two completely different impacts, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so just really reflecting, it's like, if your mission is to have a true impact, like for someone's entire life, well, someone who only has a few years left in their career and they're already like adult ish versus like little Johnny is, and I'm not saying that one is bad and one's good, but yeah, does yeah. it align with your mission and knowing your vision? You know, going back to yeah. kind of what we chatted about earlier. Yeah. No, 100%, you know, and uh, yeah, I'll say it. So, you know, one thing, you know, and you've probably heard of it, you know, one piece of advice that, that I got when I was in college is, you know, hey, always look out for yourself and what's best for your family. Don't stay because some kids, because they will move on really, really quick and they'll be fine. You know, or the, hey, like you can invest and put in, but just know that they, they will have no problem with backing the bus over a couple of times on you, you know, and throwing you under the bus. And when I first heard that, I was like, no, like if you build the relationship and a trusting one, you know, then it will lessen. But at the end of the day, that what I was told was spot on, <laughs> was spot on, you know, and it just made me realize in regards to that of, you know, what, what does that impact look like? What kind of impact do I want? And like you said, it's definitely going to be now being in the private sector and working with younger athletes full time. Now that impact is definitely different in, in regards to when I was in college and I'm sure at the pro level, it's definitely more different, you know, just because the different maturity, the levels of the athletes that you're dealing with, you know, so it goes back to, well, what does that impact look like? You know, cause it is going to be different at different levels for sure. And, and one of those challenges of the private side is a lot of turnover, yep. you know, versus college where they have to be there, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and like I said, it was just comparing and contrasting and just in that context of challenges and fulfillments of our experiences. And I know that mm -hmm. there might be some college guy on here. Oh, you know, like I make such a great impact. And it's like, I bet you do, you know, but just giving the private sector some credit, you know, yes, to where it really can be an awesome impact, you know, yeah. and, and, and getting, and like, you know, for example, last night I was coaching outside. We're doing this. I'm, I'm from Chicago polar performance. Cause some people still don't want to be inside, you know? So we're outside for two hours and nice. and there was this 14 year old, you know, mom wasn't there yet. And I just sat with him for like five minutes, you know, and, and then when the mom came, she's like, Oh, 
uh thank you for waiting you know i'm like oh you're welcome just you know just chilling it's like it's like and i'm not giving myself (laughs) i'm not giving myself all the credit but it's just like those five minutes with that kid you know or just that mom just seeing that like that's gonna go so much further than him like crushing his wicket runs earlier yeah (laughs) you know yeah Um, so just different different lens different experience different levels but just to compare and contrast um yeah so a super cool little tangent that we went down and next story what is the story most fundamental leading you to now so if there was not for x you would not be here yeah so marriage <laughs> just oh put my. That way. we sort of talked about it when we had our first two you know why i went to from college to private yeah. Uh, so I, I am a man of faith. So, you know, I've, and during my 14 years of, of college, you know, coaching experience, I got to see a lot of things, you know, some good, some bad. Uh, but, you know, I've heard a lot of coaches say, man, I've missed my son's graduation or yeah, I've, I wasn't home for our anniversary, you know, cause I was recruiting or I was traveling, um, you know, or yeah, had seen a college coach call their kid uh, on their birthday, and we're in a hotel. And he's like, "Man, I want—I'd rather be at my kid's birthday party than sitting here right now." But this is my job, and if I don't do it, I'll probably get fired. So just seeing that dynamics, and so family's always been important to me. And so when I got married, you know, it we were fine. We were married for about a year and then I had a kid and that just marriage is hard, but having, being a parent is two times harder. Uh, And so going through, you know, the role as a college coach was great, was able to encourage a lot of kids and stuff, but of just seeing the dynamics of what were important to me. I was like, I, I can't do this. I, for me, I, I just had a conviction. I couldn't be comfortable with leaving my wife home with my son, sometimes seven days out of the week, you know, or only seeing him 30 minutes in the morning. And then when I go home, I only seeing him an hour, hour and a half, and that's it. And then coming home and looking at my wife going, and she's just like, I'm beat, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. Um, you know, because she was trying to work a full-time job on top of it at home. And so it just made me realize like, man, what do I really want? And I was like, you know, yeah, college coaching is great, but at the end of the day, and I want to be there more for my family. So, you know, that's what led me, transitioned me into the the private sector you know because i still wanted to coach so i was like well hey if i go in the private sector i you know and do my own thing i'll be able to be home more for my wife and you know be there for anniversaries birthdays graduations you know uh and things like that you know i mean i've heard stories where kids you know were like you know hey i wish mom and dad were home or they would try to do something and the kid would be like, well, you can't be the king of the castle unless you're home. You know, when I hear those, I'm just like, boom, like, wow. Like that's, I don't want that. 
I, I, I don't want that, especially, you know, I'll look at the responsibilities for me as, as, you know, a husband to my wife. I was like, if I'm aware of those things, but I neglect to actually do it, then am I really doing a good job leading my wife? And I was like, nah, no. Nah. So the COVID thing helped with it. <laughs> Believe it or not. I mean, there was a moment when I was at the Air Force Academy, I came home and I was only gone for about two hours to go to the office real quick to do some stuff. And I came back home and this is when my son was just, he was just learning how to walk. And I came in the door and he literally ran to me and gave me a hug. And I'm like, I'm done. Like it, I, it melted me right there. I was like, yeah i was like this is this is amazing and then just over the time of covid of seeing me being home more of how much more my interaction was with him and how he was changing in a sense of bonding with me more and i was like if i was traveling gone for three or four days out of the week because of track me like i wouldn't that would be different and I'm like, this is, this is better. <laughs> so I did the crazy thing. He said, what, uh, dear, I'm going to go private sector and start my own business. <laughs> so that's, that was my pivoting point point, man. That's awesome. Good for you. And, 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 and making that jump and, and you're, you're killing it and I'm excited to follow along and, and speaking on that, it's just like, it's, it's okay for your vision and your mission to change. Yeah. And, and I feel like myself included, just like within the last, let's say year, less, probably less than that since March on where I want to go and what I believe I want to do, it's changed, you know, let alone when something as important as having a kid comes into the picture. You know, so being willing to say like, to take a step back and be like, yeah, this is changing. I'm, I'm changing what I said I wanted to do and, and what I believe in because things change. And, and like, I would be, I'd be more surprised if someone never changed their mission and what they want to accomplish ever, you know, th throughout their journey. Mm -hmm. And, and then kind of just taking a, another step back, you know, being a quote unquote college coach, you know, from the outside looking in. I can seem like, oh my gosh, it's so cool and, and all this stuff. And then you hear those stories about how the, and, and uh, I, I remember when you first told me that story, I was just like jaw on the floor about how when the college coach came home and then the, 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 the kid was like, well, you can't be the king of the castle because you're never in the castle, you know? And, and, that's one of the, and that's one of those things where it's like, you can have these preconceived notions and assumptions about how awesome a job might be. But if you want to go to a, a certain sector, like just chat with someone there, you know, and if they're, and if they're willing to tell you about the ups and the downs and the positives and the negatives, you'll learn a lot, you know, cause mm -hmm. I had this, I had this idea of what it was like being in the college slash pro sector. And, and of course this is only certain situations and not every job in that sector, but a theme yep. of a lot of people that I chatted with was that it's not all it's cracked up to be you know, and they're trying to actually get out of that sector. And I don't know if it's just like, you know, strength yeah. coach Twitter goes through phases, but it's like, people are being open about like talking kind of bad about the college and pro sector on how it's not, it's not all that. 
so i mean i I think and i think that's good i mean even those that you know will will listen to this you know i encourage them to it's okay especially again a lot of a lot of uh coaches are are male you know um i think we need to take more lessons from our counterparts our female coaches and be willing to be vulnerable be willing to share our feelings be willing to share what we're going through uh because a lot of times if you try to share that within the man role of coaching it's the i got it together i'm strong like that's point of weakness you know that we see it or like oh man quit being a you know term i know it's not the right terminology but quit being a wuss or a pansy like it is what it is just get the job done you know and it is cool to to see people starting to open up more because i think it needs to happen a lot more so that way growth and change can can happen for the culture of maybe a staff or you know for someone to see like hey my passions or my why is changing because life changes and I got to be okay with that and either I can either I can embrace that or I can you know bury it and ignore it and just do the status quo so I think it's good yeah and understand like I would hope that you would evolve with like every stage of your life you know and and like I've, I've been wrestling with that, that feeling of like, well, I said, I wanted to, to, to do this. And like, I was so dead set on it. It's like, oh, well, now I have to go back on my words. And I spent so much time on this one thing, you know, but it's like, that's good. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm growing and changing. And although the mission is changing, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. And that's become better, you know? So, um, so that, that's awesome that, that you were, that you were willing to to do so and and you were aware enough and you knew what you want to get out of out of life and then you figured out how to make being a professional kind of fit in that and kind of put it all together and and like I said I'm excited to follow along so so super cool super fundamental story and last big one what was the story you are most proud of thus far in your career oh man there's a lot uh, so it's tied in with the theme of, you know, of the why and, you know, what got me into coaching was to encourage kids. Um, and just because now I'm in the private sector, I'm trying to figure out, you know, marketing and things like that. So I came up with an idea, uh, that was someone else was telling me about, I was like, Hey, why don't you do this? And he was actually a former athlete. You probably would know him. Uh, he was a wide receiver for, uh, TC is <laughs> number seven. I'll just leave it that way. Kobe listening me. <laughs> Shout out to you, buddy. Uh, and he's like, hey, why don't you reach out to kids that you trained and see if they're willing to, you know, give a 90 second story of their experience with you. And so I did that. And first and foremost, it's very humbling to see the former athletes that I coached at the college level to be willing to help in the first place, which is 
amazing. Um, and, but yet to hear them say the things that basically they remember of me at the time I was coaching them is just, it's mind blowing. It's like you said that five minutes sitting with the kid, you didn't think to you. It's like, it's five minutes, but yet the impact that you, that five minutes had that someone saw, you were just like, wow, had no idea. And that's been the coolest story of being able to see. It's like, wow, like I remember those stories that you're sharing and to hear you say how you, how that perceived and how you took it and how that impacted them is just, I'm just like, wow, like there is no gratitude, no reward that I can give back to them and say, to show my appreciation. Cause it's, it's truly is priceless from what I've been getting back and hearing. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's been an amazing story in itself. But the one that really stands out to me overall at the most was in my college career, there's been many of times I've been able to, because I'm a man of faith, I've been able to sit down and kids ask me questions and say, hey, coach, can you pray for me? It still happens in the private sector. And, you know, having kids say, hey, we come to my baptism. Hey, will you do this? Hey, coach, can you pray for me on this? Hey, got this family situation. Can you pray for us? Those have been, will always be at the top of my, my list of the coolest things than anything else ever. So those are, those are my, those are my big top things. Awesome. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny when like, you're just doing your job and you're just doing what you would normally do, but like, it's so impactful and it means so much, you know? And like, you could just be, mm -hmm. you could just be coaching a kid, like, like the, the same kid that, that I, I sat with for five minutes, the last session, uh, I just like said goodbye to him on our, our way, leaving the field. And he's like, he's like, Oh man, like, I didn't realize I would be enjoying this so much. Like, even though it's so cold, like it's so much fun. And I'm like, I'm like, well, that's really cool. Like I've just been coaching and just doing my thing, you know, like I, I hope you would be enjoying it, but just like, just him saying that it was just like so much fun. Yeah. I'm just like, that's, that's cool. You know, like, I guess that's, that was my plan, but that wasn't my intentional plan. But then when, and, and, and I'm not doing it so I can hear people say that. And like, you're not doing it so you can get invited yes. to, to all those things. But when it, when it does, you know, it kind of comes full circle and it's like, this is why I do this. Or, or maybe I actually am having an impact. And, and it's, it's cool when, when it happens a little bit more organically, but I can only imagine like when you ask those kids, like all of the stories where you're like, I remember that, but I didn't think it was that big a deal, you know? And, and like just getting those thank you cards when it's like, when it's like, do I deserve a thank you card? Like, I'm just doing my job, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But it's, it, it's super cool when that does happen. And it just reaffirms, like, like you are accomplishing what you want to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, for me, it's, it's a reminder of uh, back to sort of wrap up what we're talking about is coaching is still coaching. Impacting is still impacting. 
you know, even if you're, you know, worked at a gas station or worked at McDonald's, if you're impacting someone, you're still impacting someone. And it goes back to like we were saying, like, at what level do you want to make that impact happen? You know, and I think for a lot of us, we just go about doing, being us, being ourselves, being who we are and, you know, doing what we love to do. And we don't think of like, man, the kind of impact that we make until later on or insistent make you go, whoa, I just, I'm just doing me, <laughs> you know, and that, that is a, that is a cool thing. Fantastic. So we, we made it through our, our big three onto the last one. So I love the, the theoretical and the philosophical and the stories and all that stuff, because I think that that stuff is super valuable. But at the end of the day, we are professionals and we have to get better at doing our jobs so then we can consequently make the impact we want to make. Like, look at me bringing that full circle. So if you had to give the listener one to three action steps on stuff they can start doing today, I guess, because this is early in the morning, today or tomorrow to become better, what would you say? Be open to change. Be, be really sit there, like we talked about, write down what are things that I'm good at and what are things that I'm resistant to change and why. And so I would start with that. Um, and then the next thing is, you know, we all have our own biases and stuff of, you know, how maybe we do some. Go to a mentor, someone that you can trust, you know, or maybe someone that's not in your circle and ask them some hard questions. You know, hey, how well do I communicate with my athletes? How do I interact with my athletes? Um, because they're going to be honest with you and truthful. And then... You know, it could be hard pill to swallow or it could be like, oh, okay, this is good. And then go back to that list that you created that you did yourself reflection with and see what are my, what is my thinking right? Am I seeing things clearly? Um, and then evaluate. So that would be step number two. Uh, step number three is out of that, pick one thing that you feel that you can work on and start writing down like Brendan talked about the goal okay this is thing that I need to change or work on now how am I going to go about changing that what steps do I need to do to make that goal happen so that would be you know my three big things to do to to take away and having those people or trying to figure out who those people are and asking those questions. And it might not be the answer you want to hear. And also like if someone yeah. only gave you positives, you know, like I don't think you'd be satisfied either, but no. that's something that, that I recently did. I got from my mentors, like describe like the type of person or coach that you want to be, you know, and then like you ask people and then like, are those things aligned? And then why or why aren't they aligned? So like if, if I say that I want to be, if I want to be genuine and intentional <laughs> and my kids learn a lot, you know, whenever they're coached by me as opposed to just being coached, like they're understanding the process and, and stuff like this. And then, you know, like I ask a few athletes and they're like, oh my gosh, you're all hype. It's so much fun. And we kind of just do whatever. It's like, well, something's not in line there, you know? 
So it's knowing what your mission is and then being willing to ask those people who are involved just and not directly, but just asking them like, Hey, am I, am I doing what I say I'm doing or going to do? Am I going where I want to go? And, and that's huge just to have those people in your life, but also to be willing to be vulnerable to hear some stuff that you might not want to hear, you know? So I think that's huge. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, really, I mean, so, so the, a bonus one, the fourth one would be find that person that you don't mesh well with that are maybe will call out your, your bull crap and say, look, dude, yeah, you're out of line on this or yeah. Hey, so like you said, not always going to be positive basically going to give you some some negative things about you, about yourself or how you coach or whatever like that person is just as important as the person that's going to support you as well you want the person to to give it to you black and white and not sugarcoat things either you got to have it no matter how hard it may be they may not like it but it's it's a good thing i'll, I'll put a, a little caveat on that where where it's not just, it has to be someone that, that you can trust and not only someone that like, you know, might not think the most of you because anyone can say anything negative. And if, and when it should be someone that can say you can improve on X and here's my advice on how you can improve it. You know, yes. there's two completely different things to say, Hey, you're a crappy communicator. And it's one thing to say, Hey, communication is not your strong suit, but you know, here's this book that I read that helped or, Hey, just mm-hmm. think about these one, two things. Yep. So, so being, so you have to be able to evaluate those people and knowing yes. that, that they won't just say positive things, but knowing that they're going to be decent enough to help to, cause you know, critiquing without giving solutions is just complaining. You know, people, yeah. people love complaining on strength coach Twitter, which I just love so much. But it's like, okay, then like, like, how do you make it better? Like, you're literally just complaining, you know? So yeah. it's, it's having those people. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a quick example. When I was in the thick of my job search a few months ago, I called up a good buddy of mine. He's been on the podcast twice from USC. And, and this was a private phone call. But I knew that he was straightforward in his communication style, which is why I reached out to him. But we'd already had a ton of talks. And I knew that he was a good guy. And he, and he was like, bro, like, I just don't see you getting that college gig. Like, like I love what you're about and I know that what your experience is and I know what your experience is it, but you know, these, these big, you know, dreams that you have, like, I just don't know if that's in the cards right now, but you know, like this is the other types of jobs I think you're good for and stuff like that. And that was just like such a, such a huge impact. And basically I knew he was going to say that, but he was someone that I trusted. We'd already had good phone calls and he gave me action steps, you know? So those are two completely different conversations for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, 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 it was, it stings at the time. You're like, ah, oh. but then when you get done, you look back and reflect like, that was good. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> needed that. Yeah. It's like, I needed that. Definitely, definitely. So I yeah. will end on that. And I just want to say thank you very much for giving me your time this morning, just for reaching out that one day. And, uh, and I'm glad that, that we're able to, to keep our relationship going. I'm, I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to the next one. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, this is your, I'm giving you the, the red carpet to plug, whatever you want to plug any of your okay. stuff. Yeah. So P 
people can follow me on Instagram uh, at tier one athlete underscore. Uh, Twitter is just at tier one athlete. So that's where they can go and see content uh, and everything. So, so anything, especially if NCAA coaches, college coaches, the high school coaches, I do inside NCAA recruiting. So if you need help with recruiting, I can work with them. I can help them because there's no NCAA rules I got to follow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, I can give some good insights. So if you need help on some recruiting tips and stuff, they can contact me on that too. Yeah, you're a free man. Yep, I'm a free man. <laughs> well, thank you again. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one.